I'm Catherine Lanfer, and you're listening to The Politics of Faith on America Abroad. Malaysia prides itself as a model Muslim-majority country that respects the freedom of religion. But it is a fractious society, with Malay Muslims and ethnic Chinese and Indians who are mainly Christian, Hindus, and Buddhists. In recent years, there have been escalating tensions between Muslims and Christians. Churches firebombed, Bibles impounded by customs officials, and now Christians have been accused of trying to convert Muslims. These incidents have led to a resurgence of a strict interpretation of Islam and have further divided the country, as our reporter Jennifer Pack explains from Kuala Lumpur. Sunday morning church service in the Malaysian capital. Just over a hundred people are standing with both arms up in the air, bodies swaying to the music. This could be an ad for religious freedom in this diverse country, but many of these Christians are on edge. The religious community makes up about 9% of the population. They have been accused of plotting a Christian takeover of this Muslim-majority country. Church officials here are so worried about inciting more anti-Christian backlash that they've asked me not to identify their place of worship. This latest row between Christians and Muslims goes back to a charity dinner in August. A video uploaded on the internet shows officials from the Islamic Religious Department barging into a Methodist church. They disrupted a charity event that was attended by people from different faiths. The Islamic police were acting on a tip-off that the dinner was an attempt to convert Muslims. It's an offense where both Christians and Muslims could be charged. Christian leaders have denied the allegation. They say the Islamic police violated the sanctity of their place of worship. The whole event was a wake-up call for Christians like Jermaine Cheng. She says this will make it more difficult for Christians and Muslims to interact in the future. Maybe later on, let's say my child has got a birthday party, you know, and I'm a Christian family, right? So, you know, will that stop me from inviting two neighbours down the road? That's my child's best friend, but they happen to be Muslim faith. Will I be afraid, you know, to invite them even for like a, a children's party? I mean, this has kind of instilled a little bit of fear in all of us. Lord, we just want to uh, acknowledge that you are still God and you're still God on the throne. Her concerns may seem exaggerated, but some Muslim leaders believe that even reading a Christian pamphlet could convert one of their followers. If it sounds rather far-fetched, consider that most Muslims in the country are ethnic Malays. Unlike the rest of their fellow citizens, Malays must be Muslim by law, and attempts to convert out of the religion are rarely granted. This inability to choose their religion has Muslim leaders worried that there are some followers who are weak in their faith and easily seduced by evangelical Christians, which is why the church dinner was alarming, says journalist Jahabar Sadiq. He runs the Malaysian Insider, one of the most influential alternative news sources in the country. I think what was unusual was the timing. It happened during the fasting month. So if you are a Muslim, you would break fast rather than attend a dinner, wouldn't you? So if you are not breaking fast, you're not going to attend prayers, 
Instead, you go to a dinner at a church, alarm bells are ringing, are you Muslim or not? It was then up to the royal sultan to resolve the issue. Sharafuddin Idris Shah is regarded as the top authority on Islamic matters in Selangor state, where the church raid occurred. But his decision was ambiguous. He ruled that there was proof that the Methodist church was trying to convert Muslims, but that there was not enough evidence to prosecute anyone. The decision did not satisfy Christians, who wanted the sultan to clear them of any wrongdoing. It also frustrated Muslims, who wanted those who were preaching to their followers to be punished. This triggered one of the biggest anti-Christian demonstrations in years. About 2,000 Muslims, mainly ethnic Malays, rallied at an outdoor stadium in late October. In keeping with Islamic tradition, women clad in headscarves and their children sat on one side of the stadium, while men sat on the other end. The deep-seated feeling that Christians are actively targeting Muslims is an unshakable fear for many people here. But official statistics tell a very different story. Over the last decade, close to 700 people have applied to convert out of Islam. Most are believed to be ethnic Chinese and Indian converts, rather than Malays. The numbers do not sway Muslims like Ayman Bustaman. He travelled overnight with his young son from the state of Kelantan to show their support. Mr Ayman believes that many Malays are being persuaded to leave the faith without knowing it. The movement who want to convert those people, they do it secretly and without, you know, without openly saying to the Muslim, OK, you must convert to, to Christian to be, to be good. But they come to the poor, uh, they do good and slowly, especially the, the young children, they taught teachings that are against uh, Islamic teachings. Although there was a lot of fiery rhetoric, the presence of hundreds of police and civilian volunteer forces ensured that the rally was civil. They disbanded peacefully under the tropical rain shower. But it left me with more questions. If Malay Muslims are the majority, how is it possible that they feel threatened by the Christians who make up less than 10% of the population? It doesn't have to make sense in Malaysia. Again, Jahabar Sadiq. He blames politicians for sowing this feeling of insecurity among Malay Muslims. For years, they have split their support between the governing party, UMNO, and the opposition Islamic party, PAS. Both sides are using faith as a way of gaining support. And so they invoke the fear that if they are divided among themselves, the non-Muslims will take over the country. It's a race to see who can get their message out first. But this competition between the two Malay Muslim parties has been blamed for fueling Islamization. Last year, three Muslims were caned for having sex outside marriage, the first women to receive such punishment in the country. Another was found guilty of drinking beer at a hotel resort. But non-Muslims are also affected. Over the last three decades, many Chinese and Indians say their Malay Muslim neighbors have gradually stopped visiting their homes. Suddenly, all of their plates and cups that might have touched pork or alcohol, things which are forbidden in Islam, are no longer considered clean enough to eat or drink from, no matter how many times it is washed. 
At first glance, this ethnic and religious divide is not visible on the streets of Kuala Lumpur, where you can see a mix of Malays, Chinese and Indians. But look a little closer and you will see very little interaction between them. This tension escalated into violence last year when churches and Muslim prayer halls were firebombed and attacked. Nobody was hurt, but it shattered the image of a country where all ethnic and religious groups live in harmony. And with each clash between Muslims and Christians, more Malaysians are questioning whether that ideal ever existed. For America Abroad, I'm Jennifer Pack in Kuala Lumpur.